Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you can be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. Dark Side of the Ring, Season 3, Pillman, Episodes 1 and 2, Parts 1 and 2, rather. Um, the new season's back. We had a really great interview with Evan Husney, the uh, uh, co-creator, uh, producer of uh, the Dark Side series. Um, so be sure to check that out. Yes. Uh, yes. because there's a lot of great info for the upcoming season, uh, in that episode. But, uh, I thought that this was, uh, a really strong start to the third season, man. Yeah, totally. I mean, Evan and Jason, um, uh, they, they are pretty masterful in the way that they can take, uh, you know, on the surface, potentially salacious, uh, material from the world of pro wrestling humanize it um and present it in a way that's that's not salacious mm -hmm. you know they they humanize all their characters um and and it, it makes for a lot a much more affecting product than than just focusing on the uh the more you know uh, controversial aspects whatever story they're 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 telling i mean they don't shy away from the controversial stuff um but they they present their interview subjects they let them speak for themselves and you can make your own determinations about about everybody. Um, this and one, it's, yeah. I find it far more evolving and I said effective than uh, some of the other uh, pro wrestling documentaries that have been hitting the airways of late. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, this was, you know, these these types of episodes where 
you know, it's 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 heavily focused on the family aspect of the wrestler or the the events involved evolved involved the wrestlers involved whatever. Um you know, there there's an element of these dark side episodes like the Herb Abrams one which, you know, is very dark entertainment. You know, it's like this guy was just blown out of his mind on coke and that's the episode. <laughs> that, that's the episode. And the stories are very entertaining even though, you know, this guy totally died largely because he just he loved coke. Um these ones and there's totally a place for that. These ones hit so hard. It's it is similar. I can see thematically there's a lot of parallels with the Benoit episode that started season two. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it did make a lot of sense for this to, to start season three. This one hit even, even harder uh, than the Benoit one in that the, the, the custody aspect of things, the, the, the children involved it, you know, dude, I mean, just personally speaking, having dealt with custody issues, uh, you know, even issues, the, the, the stuff that I've personally been through, um, even when it is not nearly as bad as in the case of the Pillman family, it gets to te- even the best custody issues can get testy. And to see what these kids went through was like I got teary-eyed at certain moments. Um, you know, we all know it, it'd be easy to focus on stuff like the the silly Pillman, Stone Cold, Steve Austin gun thing. Um, it's it's always it, it feels like a broken record sometimes when watching uh, the documentary, the, the this show in one way because so often it's drugs. So often it's just drugs, and they fall into drugs, and and then bad things happen. But in this case, because there was a family involved and it was just it was just bad news, it really, really hit hard. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was difficult to watch. I mean, the, the scene that plays out when uh, oh, what's his daughter, uh, his his younger daughter's name? I forget her name. Um, but when she's outside playing and her mom rolls yeah. up and gives her a yeah. hug and she's accused of trying to kidnap her. And that just ends up with the mom killing herself. Man. I, dude, I was like, no. Because I, I didn't know that stuff. I mean, I, I didn't know. Like, I I knew that Brian Pillman Jr. was from, you know, the second mom. I think I knew that. Uh, or, the you know, the, the, the stepmom of the first kid. His second wife, rather. Um, I knew little bits and pieces here and there. But, like, when you get them all on, on camera and they're all talking about it, that's that's a much different thing. And it just it, you know, going through custody stuff like, you know, uh, uh, I've been through in, in, in my life. You learn a lot about parenting. You learn a lot about kids. You learn a lot about this stuff. And, you know, it, it was like I wanted to cry towards the end when it was showing the aunt with the kids and how like all they want is like a, a, all kids want is like some validation and, and a little bit of security, you know, they just want like a home, a place, a warmth, Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. warmth, some, some guidance. And it's like, it's so nice to see that. And I guarantee if this, if the aunt wasn't around, their lives would have been completely different. 
just yeah. completely different. Yeah. And she she seemed to bring this the you know what what semblance of genuine family they had uh, in their lives after after Pillman passed away. And she yeah. even said, "I just made sure at least once a month, once a month, once a month," and that made all the difference. And it's like, you just want to, you know, we were watching, Lacey was watching it with me, the the second part of it this morning. And she was like, why do you make me watch these things? Because she was starting to tear up. And she was like looking at Brian Pillman Jr. when he was talking. And she was like, I just want to give him a hug. I just I just want to hug him. And that's what you want to do with these kids is just, is just hug them for, I mean, frankly, the selfishness of their parents. You know, I mean, that that's what it boils down to. Like Lacey looked at me. She's like, what is it with people? that do this, you know? And it's like Pillman was a great phenomenal talent and I understand the I understand that substance abuse is a disease and it affects lives. But it's also it's also and that that's one thing that I have never really been up close to. I've never dealt with that in my life or my my family's life. Um and so it's difficult to really understand that. But like, from my point of view, I look at these people and like, God damn it. They're selfish. Cause look at, look at what they did to their kids. You know, it's like, how can they do that? No, I, th- I think in Pillman's case, it's, it's, is there's the substance abuse aspect, which was largely, maybe not entirely brought about because of the, the, the audio, the auto accident. Um, and, and, you know, he had, when he was doing the loose cannon gimmick, you know, and, and this, uh, we were talking to Evan, uh, he, you know, he, they seem to be the, the, the theme is kind of running throughout dark side of the ring is, is the blurring of, of reality and one's character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when you get, when your character becomes all encompassing mm-hmm. and you start living that character outside the purview of your job, that could potentially be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because your your objective reality, the thing you're trying to view the world from outside of this character, is like basically gone. You're viewing everything through the the prism of this character you're trying to play. And if this character you're trying to play is someone whose whose sanity is fraying, that could be a major issue. Um, sorry, you got something to? Well, okay. There have been episodes that have been fascinating dealing with that. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to the Ultimate Warrior one because I think yeah. that's going to be like the peak of like blur of like who is this guy because mm-hmm. his you know I mean he's literally he literally changed his name to Warrior you know like dude Ric Flair he ain't I understand the character of Ric Flair he's a human being he's a jet set and high flying he's a womanizer yeah. he's you know he loves to party he's he's the the high life guy. I understand how uh, uh, Richard Fleer, I think, is is Richard yeah, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah, I understand. I, 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 you know, I, I think he has said that he didn't much like who Richard Fleer was, right? But he really liked who Ric Flair was. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't so want to be that guy? Flair. Yeah. But with Warrior, and we'll get to that when we get to the episode. With Warrior, it's like, who even is this? Like, he wasn't even a human being. The person that we saw on camera, he wasn't even like a real person. So how would you want to get wrapped up in that? But that's going to be an interesting, that's going to be an interesting one. Pillman's a little bit more interesting, though, because I never really felt, I felt, and this was hammered home uh, by a couple people in the episode, that the loose cannon thing was, let's create chaos for my employer's 
to get more money out of them. Yeah, yeah. And that was what was very interesting to me because, I mean, okay, when he decided to break up his family and he saw like that model, you know, the uh, who eventually became his wife and he was like, Melanie, oh, yeah, Melanie, yeah. I want to yeah. get with her, you know? I mean, sorry, that's just a dude being horny and wanting to go live that other life with a model. That's a guy who loves the, the his time on the road. And so this is actually one of those rare episodes where I don't necessarily know that I think it was more a case of that gimmick was just him in his personal life. Well, that's what JR said. You know, it's like he, you know, the, the old adage of pro wrestling, the best gimmicks are that person's personality or aspects of that that person's personality turned all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. JR said as much yeah. as is, you know, and, and, and that's entirely possible that he also that the, said the yeah. loose cannon gimmick is was Pillman just dialed back a little. bit. Yeah. And, you know, he even said to Vince, he said, you know, because Vince is like, this guy's crazy. He's like, no, he's crazy like a fox. He knows what he's doing. It's just I mean, the thing is, dude, it's it's you and I were, were, were both we're both on the straight and narrow, you know, we're a couple of nerds. And I think you and I both veer towards we try to see we try to give people the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. where sometimes it might not be warranted. And I'm not trying to cast judgments on anybody. It's just I'm interested in looking at at these at these th- because I think that I think dark side is interested in getting to the humanity of it. And I see yeah, definitely Pillman is the family guy because he's got like family pictures and his and his kids do have fond memories like they're they're very sparse memories but they they have fond memories of them I mean, the one thing they all say is that you know uh, uh he was an attentive father mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know and that doesn't mean you know him being an attentive father and him being kind of a selfish prick they don't have to be mutually exclusive you know he could be both things and many yes. people are to varying degrees you know yes, i mean yes, we totally. all have some selfishness in us um but you know I, I've, I've i've also often felt that like you know, especially back then, being a pro wrestler, buying into that lifestyle, you got to be wired a certain way that could sometimes be, and we've seen this endlessly, you know, uh, uh, self-harming. Yeah, um, lead to, uh, uh, certain levels of self-destruction. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And an- another thing about custody stuff is that there are so many times when, you know, par- especially over kids, parents will go overboard and they'll regret it later. Because they understand that it's done damage to the kids. And this is just another one of those instances where it was like, you know, the 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 territorial aspect kicked in and the kids were the victims here. Um, but uh, but I, so I thought that stuff was most interesting. And and yeah, this was interesting in terms of blurring the line of the character and the gimmick or, or of the person in the gimmick, the person in the character, because it was this was more like, OK, well. This guy, man, he launched like the, the the description of him launching himself out of the the Humvee was how did he live in the first? How did yeah, he survive that in the first I place? I know. Um, we're kind of I'm I'm kind of all over the map just because like I sort of want to focus on like the thing that stuck out to me most, and that was to me the thing that stuck out to me most was the family aspect of this, and especially Melanie and and what you know what she I mean what she was to the kids in the end. And, you know, uh, uh, Pillman Jr. seems to be trying to repair his relationship with her. And uh, the daughter obviously wants nothing to do with her. Oh, Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. Brittany. Yeah. Want, yeah. Wants no, yeah, Brittany. 
yeah. wants nothing to do with her. Um, so I, I that that was definitely the most interesting, the most interesting aspect of this episode, and and it was a very interesting one, and and I think more than most of the episodes, you know, I I, I was I was that's why I always go back to the Von Erich episode because I think that Fritz Von Erich is a fascinating character. Um, not just because of the tragedy he went through, but the decision to sort of put all those kids out front and center in a, in a business that can sometimes eat you alive. And maybe he thought I can protect them because I'm the man here. Well, maybe that's why he he justified doing them because I I've been through that. And that too. Yeah. The highs and lows, you know, the, the, the pitfalls of being in this industry, you know, and and unfortunately it didn't seem for the most part to come to pass. Yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, I don't necessarily know if we have to go beat by beat through the episode. Yeah, um, right. Just what into what you know the the more interesting yeah. things. Like, there's a few things. Like, I did not know uh, about uh, Pillman having the vocal polyps when yeah, he was same. young, having to have forty surgeries. Yeah, as his sister put it, that's rough to scrape the polyps off his 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 throat. He had to have an emergency tracheotomy at one point at this doctor's house, and mm-hmm. that explains why his voice was so gruff and gruff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I did not. I did I had no idea who Kim Wood was. Kim Wood is quite a character. Yeah, yeah, he is totally. Um, uh, he used to be the Bengals' strength coach when I guess Pillman tried out for the team and became a friend and seemingly like a bit of a, a mentor. Almost, a little bit, yeah, yeah. A to Pillman, bit. helped guide him through uh, the wild world. Got him into pro wrestling too. He was the one that referred Pillman to the Hart family mm-hmm. to go train at the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After uh, Pillman's football career came to an end because he he injured his ankle. Um, one thing I did, I did know. Sorry, go ahead. One thing I did know. Eric Bischoff loves motorcycles. Yes, and I, I am, I am so sad. And I had this question written down, and I glossed over it uh, with uh, with Evan. But I really want to know what the process was when they filmed his intro, because it was literally like one shot of him on a bike. Well, it's him saying a sentence, and then they cut to the shot of, <laughs> of, of Bischoff on on the motorcycle out in some field. Yeah, right. You know, and then it's back to him talking. So, you know, you have the little introductory sentence from Bischoff. Then you do like, you know, the the the, the reveal reveal of him yeah, yeah. on his motorcycle. Yeah. And then back to his little interview bits. He looks um, great, by the way. He looks like TV ready. I like it, it makes me like I, I suspect I'm like, oh, is a is a W going to try to get him as like an authority figure? I'd be totally. Hey, don't take. <laughs> no, this isn't. This isn't. No, this is. I'd be surprised. I think from his perspective, I think he, for the most part, I think he's pretty content doing what he's doing. He's seen. Yeah, but hey, whenever AEW's asked him out, he's come. Yeah, but that's a one. That's you know, hey, come out for an appearance. Not here's a full time job. I could be completely wrong, but uh, I would love uh, to see that. I would love to see that. You know, uh, they do him right. They do him right. They'd get him right. I wouldn't have any. Yeah. I would not have any worries about that. I think they'd get Bischoff. No, as long right as as long that. as Bischoff's not booking things, that'd be fine. <laughs> um, I did not. I didn't know that Melser was close with Pillman, and I didn't know that he yeah. was kind of an important part of getting Pillman to WCW. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, that was interesting because uh, you know Pillman seemingly from the very beginning uh, grasped the inner workings of the wrestling business pretty yes. quickly. Yeah, and saw Meltzer. Uh, seemingly early on as a valuable resource to get himself over. Yeah. yeah. You know, Hey, I'll send you tapes, send me tapes back. He Meltzer was, watched the tapes. Melsa would start talking about him, get some buzz going for Pilt. He was ahead of his time. I mean, this is, this is actually another, and I'm actually kind of surprised 
that this was I mean, there, there's a there's a lot that went in. It's it's obvious that the family stuff was the episode that that's the story they were telling. Another story that might be sort of on the cutting room floor, because there's a couple stories you could tell as the crux, was Pillman really was. And I brought this up with Evan and he, and, 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 and he had mentioned that he felt Pillman would have been great as an announcer. And that's another interesting thing that JR revealed is that mm-hmm. he had no desire. He thought that mm-hmm. was a step down, which is a shame because he was like, you know, he was a great talker. He had a very unique voice because of the throat stuff. Um, but they bring it up at the very end and it's almost like a throwaway, but it's a very important point. I think is that, and I think it's Cornette who says, is either Cornette or JR who says, yeah, it was Cornette. Had he, had he lived, had that, um, had that, uh, Humvee accident never happened five years. If you know, he would have been up there like, dude, you would be thinking like, it's honestly on par. I do believe this. It's on par with man. How far could have stone cold gone? Had he died in 97, you know, Pillman was there. If he, if he had, and another funny thing is that he couldn't have done. I mean, he, he was unable to do the physical stuff. He tried his damnedest to do the physical stuff. And that accident really killed him. But if you look at also Stone Cold Steve Austin, who busted his neck with Owen Hart, he was able to transition his wrestling into more of a brawler. And Mm -hmm. he was still, based on his personality, able to transcend. And I wonder if even after the accident, if somehow you could have managed the the drugs, if you could manage the drugs, which is... The thing. Well, I wonder too if he had just given his body time to recuperate. And I understand he's probably under pressure from himself and maybe uh, externally. Well, contractually, you know? remember they yeah. had the opt-out clause like th- every three months. That was WCW had the opt-out. Oh, that was that. Okay, okay. Yeah, didn't right. didn't. Um, I'm sure he felt internal pressure to go out there and and make his money in the way he thought he should be out there making his money, which is performing. Now, you know, uh, I don't I don't know what Vince how much. Vince knew about the extent of Pillman's injuries when he offered him that contract. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Um, 
but the you know it's, it, it was months seemingly bef- after he signed before he got back in the ring mm-hmm. and it by all accounts it was probably months way too early um yeah. now if he give himself because they, they they mentioned after the accident you know he had to have basically his face reconstructed he had four plates put in his face and then they had they had to as his sister put it fuse his ankle together kind of in a walking position so i would yeah. think so it's more rigid so yeah. your ankle wouldn't have full uh, uh flexibility in it mm-hmm. and in between that and the pain that ensued from that mm-hmm. because he didn't give himself ample recovery time he wasn't able to do the same things he could do in the ring and now if it's a situation where he gave himself recovery time in the process of ample recovery time go back to the drawing board how can i adjust my style yeah uh in ring to 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 uh, to take into account injury wear and tear pain still go out there and tell interesting stories Mm -hmm. while maybe not doing the same stuff brian pillman used to because from a character standpoint he had it dude he had it and and especially back then that was, I don't want to say 80%, but 70. It, character is ever, especially back then, that guy was, he, he was, dude, he was a better talker than Shawn Michaels was. He was a better talker than Shawn Michaels. Um, he was a he better was, talker than 90% of the people wrestling. I'll be honest with you. Name somebody better that wasn't Stone Cold or The Rock. Name a better talker. Pillman was legit. And That's that ECW was, was so fascinating. Well, I know. I know. It was. Yeah. I mean, and back then it was about it was it was about the top. Like I always appreciated good matches, but I never ever considered Stone Cold. All I wanted from Stone Cold was him to you know the the, the, the glass to break, hear the music, and him stun a bunch of people. You know, that's nothing. But it was electric, and that's why I tuned in. The Rock, Mm -hmm. I tuned in for his promos, you know, and then, of course, the stories, the stories were the thing. But for me, it was never really like it wasn't until later when you'd see guys like Benoit or like the cruiserweights in WCW and some of the workhorses in in, in WWE as well. But like I was in it for the shit like Survivor Series. When we did that Survivor Series Deadly Game review, what did we realize? There were no good matches. (laughs) There was like maybe one decent match. Yeah, the matches were not great. Yeah, the story was the thing. The story mm-hmm. and the characters was like the thing. Well, I think and, I think it is the thing. I think uh, yeah, it needs to be the thing these days. It needs to be the thing. <laughs> I think I think when done right, it is still a thing. And yeah. I think the interesting, well-told stories are only amplified if the in-ring product matches the qualities of stories. You know, and I think yeah. right now across the board, this is a bit of a tangent. Across the board, the in-ring talent is off the charts. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like yeah. the level of performer now in-ring across the board is mm-hmm. better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better yeah. than it's ever been. And when we see excellent matches matched up with really good creative, it's phenomenal. We get yeah, these really is. affecting, emotionally affecting moments. Yeah. And it's it's great. It's magical. It just doesn't happen that often, unfortunately. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally true. I mean, you can tell AEW's getting there. They're, they, they understand it. And, you know, they're still really young. Um, but you can tell that they get it and i think nxt gets it um and i think there are elements the main roster from time to time it happens it It happens happens. sometimes like the roman stuff the roman stuff is good Heyman's stuff is is generally good if he sticks to one story i mean if i go you go back to i use this match a lot but uh aj versus john cena at SummerSlam 2016 we were there for that match yeah yeah that entire crowd was in the palm of their hands yeah totally it's just dude you know how like uneven it feels these days with like the in-ring product 
and how they like they used to be able to meld the stories with the in-ring product so perfectly. Yeah, I know. And and it, they do it sometimes these days. But sometimes it feels like the, the what happens in the ring happens in a completely different world than what happens. Totally. Yeah. Outside yeah. of it, you know. Um but anyways, that, that is a tangent, but uh getting back to this, man, I mean that is that is the biggest question is and I don't know, I don't know if his accident affected you know sometimes you, you if you go through something like that it can just lend to the character you know you go through something heavy and maybe it you know but if he was that loose cannon and he had not gotten if, if he was the same character and he had not gotten in that accident man the sky really would like obscenely the ceiling is high it's just enormous um, you think, but at the same time, you know, he still was a bit of a loose cannon outside the ring, you know? So I don't know, man. I, I think that it's, uh, his story is an interesting one where he could have gone. I, I, I do believe that, that it's, you know, to the moon still. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but you never know. I mean, the way he lived his life, you know, you, 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 you take some drugs, you get into a car, you fall asleep. Like that's behavior that probably wasn't an isolated incident. It's just it caught up with him. And who it might have been a year down the line, two years, three years down the line. Yeah. It's so, a shame that nobody happened. Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. mean it's honestly like sometimes you look at Stone Cold Steve Austin, it's like, man, that guy was so hepped up on and I know energy drinks are energy drinks, but the way he describes it, like he had to go to the hospital at one point. Because his because, heart was palpitating so so strong, I know. Yeah. Like I mean it's it's kind of a miracle that a lot of these guys are still around. Um and it, it's it's you know it's obviously it's a good thing. Um but uh, but yeah, the way they would run through their bodies, and that was sort of like you know Pillman's thing. Also, is that man? That guy just he was he went he went pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, you want to get into the 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 loose cannon aspect of things because yeah, the 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 the, the episode was definitely or the episode was definitely about uh, his family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some of the in terms of wrestling history. Pillman's approach to the beginning of the loose cannon character is pretty unique because mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, I, I, I know Bischoff has kind of said, as he says here, oh, I used to have conversations with Brian about how we can make the character better. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, who knows yeah, I know. about I know. that. I know. Um, I know. I know. So much of this seems like Pillman having conversations with Kim Wood. Mm hmm. Pillman going out and just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And leading people is kind of doing this. Yeah. What is he doing? Yeah. And maybe at a certain point, Bischoff walks up and says, What are you doing? <laughs> and Pillman says, I'm doing this. You yeah. know, yeah. And finding angles to kind of include Bischoff in, yet working him at the same time. You know? Do you think Bischoff's the kind of guy, just judging from all the interviews we've seen him, do you think he'd ever admit that he got played? I mean, he still backs up. To a certain degree, sold out ninety seven, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like as in, as in, we had a vision of what we wanted to do, and we did it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, that's his justification for it. Because I remember listening to that episode, I couldn't get all the way through it because I heard that, and like, all right, you need to be a little more self reflective about the quality. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you, yeah, you achieve your vision. Is your vision worth achieving? That's really the conversation that need to be had there. You know. <laughs> um, all right. And what was his take on on Hogan politicking the the ref for start the the finish of Starcade ninety oh, seven? I forget what that was, but I feel like he got played on that one too, because um, it's like your story that you're telling, and this is a very specific, very like a very 
pivotal beat to this story is the fast count. It's yeah. the fast count. And then Hogan says, hey, brother, count normal. You're literally. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Bischoff, pro- like if, if Pillman was still around, he'd probably be like, yeah, uh, Pil- Bischoff wasn't in the know on this, on any of this. Yeah, I know. So, uh, so, yeah, I guess Kim Wood said, hey, this the pro wrestling business is about drawing attention to yourself. How can you draw back some attention to yourself? And I guess from that conversation, based on what we saw in this episode, uh, loose cannon gimmick was born. Um, and so he would just go and try to, in, in ways, expose the business live on air. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, Cornette talks about him going up to Heenan after Heenan had neck surgery. Oh, he was very yeah. protective about it. Yeah. And he's going to start messing with his neck. And Heenan, on commentary, <laughs> says, What the F are you doing? What the fuck are you Stands doing? up and walks out. <laughs> he leaves. During in the middle of a match. He leaves. Yeah. And oh, that uh, there's that. There's the I respect you, Booker Man. Mm-hmm. And Kevin looks so confused. I know that match of Murkrekly was really clumsy too, purposely clumsy. It sounds at least sounds from right. K- from Pillman's part. You know, th- um, that's the one guy. That's the one guy that I actually would be kind of surprised if he wasn't in the know. I forget. I'm surprised they didn't interview Kevin Sullivan for this, or if they maybe they tried and they couldn't get him. I don't know. But you know, because Sullivan was very much like, hey. Let's try to work people also like, you mm-hmm. know, Benoit and woman, yeah. you know, famously, you know, shacking up together and they're supposed to be just in character. But we know how that ended up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so the whole idea is, is, is especially as Cornette puts it, is he's trying to work. So he the 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 smart marks, the smart fan aspect. Of it. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was speaking specifically about a period of time, 80s, and early 90s, I think. Because if he's under the impression that only a small subset of wrestling fans know this choreograph now, no, uh, I, I no, you're you're absolutely right. He 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 thought he was referring to, he was referring to a small subset of fans who knew the ins and outs of the business, who knew the terminology, who knew the inner workings. But yes. there's always, I always feel like he's kind of sideways refer thinking that those people are the ones who understand also that it's choreographed scripted entertainment. I mean, part of me, I said this before, probably thinks Cornette believed that kayfabe was alive. Well, all the way up to the Montreal screw job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that people that a vast majority of people who watch wrestling believed it was real as we both know. That's like not true. My dad right. told me when I first started watching pro wrestling. You know, this, is, this isn't real. These, these aren't these guys aren't really fight. I wasn't even like I watched when I was a kid. I watched the 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 rock and wrestling cartoon, and I knew it was based on real people. But even back then, when I was a little kid, I always understood, and I don't, I have no idea how, where, or why. I always understood that it was script entertainment, that these were not actual fights, and maybe it's because when you see these people. And you use a modicum of common sense. They're cartoons, like they're they're living cartoons. Of course, this isn't. This is for entertainment value, you yeah. know. And the idea that when you go back to now, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that there are some promotions that did simulated fighting better than others. Like if you look at some of the stuff in the South mm-hmm. back in the day, and you look at the crowds. I believe that those pe- some of those people thought it was real. And honestly, I don't blame them because some of those, I mean, those look like just big, gnarly, ugly dudes 
fighting. It looked like they were at the fights, you know? Yeah, yeah make each other bleed a ton. Yeah. So, I I mean, in that case, like, man, there is a there is an appeal to that, and I understand why they would be tricked into thinking that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when you get to, like, WWF, like Hulk Hogan and stuff, fuck, no, man, that's, that's totally no, not. Totally not real. Anyway, so uh, the way Cornette looked at it, Pillman was trying to work the office, trying to work the smart fans who thought they knew everything about the inner workings of the business, while also uh, working the rank-and-file fan and the talent backstage. He wanted everybody to think that he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And and including, and then you get to the Bischoff thing where somehow he convinced Bischoff to fire him. Yeah. To advance the story. Here, yeah. fire me. I'll come back next week. And but here's the thing: you really got to fire me, otherwise it's going to get out from the office, and and you know the 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 dirt sheets are going to learn that this is all a storyline. You have to really fire me. Mm-hmm. And Bischoff bit bit on that. He bought into it. Meanwhile, Pillman was the guy talking to the dirt sheets. Yeah, yeah. And so and so Bischoff granted him his release, making him a free agent. Yeah. And said he so he goes to ECW, mm-hmm. and then you know if he goes to ECW, the idea is oh he's not tied to. WCW, WWF, he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. And he goes and does all sorts of crazy, crazy things in ECW. Mm-hmm. Like if if I know I know he he did a lot of fourth wall breaking in WCW. In a lot of ways, it feels like the loose cannon character was really established at ECW. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he was just doing some really off the wall stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like his that one segment where he was about to uh, pee in the ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just all sorts of crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. Well, that was the place, dude, where like, you know, Heyman ate that stuff up. He loved it, you know. Mm-hmm. And for him to sort of just, you, I mean, it was the same thing. Austin said the same thing in whatever number. I mean, this has been a million documentaries and podcasts. You know, he went to ECW. Damn, kid, you want, you know, the, the impression of Heyman. Hey, kid, what are you doing? I'm sitting at home. You want a microphone down here in ECW? Oh, goddamn, okay. I mean, that's his, I, I swear yeah. he said that at some point. Um, yeah. And that's what he did. He just went down there, and Heyman loved that stuff. Come yeah. down there and just, you know, it was the original bitter promo, but it was cool back then, you know? It was. It was because it wasn't just stand in the ring and do bitter promo. Yeah. You know, it's like, for Stone Cold especially, he was doing characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, yeah. You know, he was doing characters, and it, it was, it was, it seemed like an opportunity for, uh, wrestlers who had just been released let go from their promotion to come and reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. Like, Heyman, here, have a mic, talk. Do the things you were never allowed to do at your previous job. Mm-hmm. And it allowed Pillman, Stone Cold, to, to basically reinvent themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that stuff was... Uh, yeah, that was really interesting. Um the uh, I, I I never had seen this before, but the press conference when he signed with WWE, um, you know, he was on crutches and, you know, uh, uh, Monsoon was there. Um, I mean, I might have seen that in clips here or there, but uh, but that, of course, led to <laughs> led to the gun thing, um, which still, you know, Austin has the best take on that. The best when he said, if you're not a wrestling fan, and you're just flipping around and you catch that. You're you're not flipping the channel. You're gonna stay there, and I think, and I'm not talking about adding guns to the equation, but I think that that is something that is also really lacking, and that every promotion should be always thinking about is if somebody just happens to turn the channel to our show, we need to be doing something. We need to be doing our best 
to make sure they don't turn away, but keep it within the context of our stories of what we're doing. There's a couple of things. And, and, and over the last year, I understand why, because we're in the midst of a pandemic, you kind of yeah. have to keep things all self-contained in your universe. And that means literally at the venue you're at. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even over the last few years, how often do we go outside the venue for much of anything? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, we the, the world of pro, of pro wrestling is 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 in a lot of ways very self-contained. But over mm -hmm. the last few years, you know, like doubly so, because it never really seems to venture outside of the arena or the facility where the actual matches are taking place. Yeah, there's that because, you know, there, uh, a lot of stuff in the attitude era didn't go great. But one thing they did often enough, they took you outside the, the arena. Mm hmm. You know, it didn't happen a ton, but when they did, it was effective. Yeah. And uh, and another thing is there's even today, there's a lot of really good backstage segments that are affecting. But there's not still not a whole lot of sense of urgency. That's the thing. And a lot of stuff that's and regardless of company. Yeah, that's going on. And that's yeah. one thing like the 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 the, the he's got a gun segment, man, the sense of urgency in that. Oh yeah. Kevin God. Kelly out front yeah. of Pillman's house. Yeah. Like building the tension, anticipation of something major happening. Yeah, you have Stone Cold, like you know, going going all around his property, mm -hmm. and that shot of him breaking in the window with the bat. Mm -hmm. Man, even even in the more famous incidents when they do. Okay, another great example from back then is when Rock and Stone Cold were on the bridge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Who was it? Mm -hmm. Somebody said. I don't know if I don't know if it was like a friend of ours or somebody that I saw on Twitter said when I saw this, I legitimately thought Stone Cold just died. <laughs> you know, I thought that happened. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. And I think of, you know, there's one thing that I can think of today, right? These days that works so well in that if I'm flipping around, and I'm not a wrestling fan and I come across it. I'm like, oh, whoa, what is this shit? This is cool. And it's Darby Allen short films. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I think AEW, I would love to see them because right now they do have. I mean, it's, it's, you know, some people consider it a knock. Some people consider it, you know, a lot of people that, that we've talked to said they like the element of AEW that just feels like WCW. Um, they don't have the crash zooms and all that kind of stuff. They sort of, you know, they film it in, in a similar way to WCW back in the day. Mm -hmm. But then they add that stuff to it as well. And I kind of, I would love to see if AEW got a little bit more attitude era, you know, just in their presentation, gridded up a little bit. And I, and I'll, I go back to this a lot. But if you ever scroll through, you don't have to watch, but you have to scroll through an MLW fusion. Every segment is like between a minute and 90 seconds long. And every segment looks different. It's like on, at one point you got one dude on his phone and, you know, he's doing like a Matt chat question, but it just looks cooler. They'll dude it up mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if there's a backstage segment, they'll film it interesting and they'll have like multiple cuts. And everything looks so, there's such a sense of urgency to that format. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. That old ECW used to have too. Yep. It would be that, yep. you know, and somebody would have a promo. And they do the, like the Pulp Fiction promo stuff at the end. And it had such an energy, a life to it. And and that's sort of lacking in a lot of today's product. If I'm flipping around and I got three hours of Raw and I happen to stumble upon Raw, if they're out doing like a, 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 a 10 minute documentary on uh, Riddle, as opposed to, and I like the RK Bro stuff, I think it's really entertaining, but I feel like there's so much more they could be doing to make their presentation oh, yeah. look interesting. Yeah, totally. Because so far too often it's 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 match, promo, interview. Promo, match, interview. Like that's the breakdown of the show. And when they do leave, it's goofy. It's like mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't it's not like based in reality, you know? <laughs> it's like get some get some shit that looks like it's actual like fly on the wall documentary. I know. Like when Seamus and Jeff Hardy go into a go into that bar, right? I mean, they did the bar fight thing there. I'm trying to remember if they went. No, they didn't go to the bar first. Wait, did they go to a bar first? I don't know. Whenever they do that stuff, that 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 like out on the town stuff, it's oh oh good example actually. Uh, War Raider Street Profits when they did mm-hmm. that stuff. Now I understand that's for comedy's sake, but it's so stagey, it's mm-hmm. so sitcommy, and mm-hmm. it's like man, this is it's corny. It's just yeah. corny, and it's like we can yeah. get a chuckle out of it, and we can appreciate it because like oh it's different. We're getting a chuckle out of it, and we did. But it's not urgent television. It's not something that I would keep on if I was flipping around. I and mean, people flip around anymore. But it's like I wouldn't stay there. If I was a casual viewer and I had a mild interest in wrestling and I was like, oh, cool, Raw's on. I used to watch that. Let me flip over there. And there's this corny segment, this comedy bit with Street Profits and, and War Raiders. I wouldn't watch that shit. I wouldn't. It's corny. And like you see Stone Cold Steve Austin about to, you know, uh, catch a few bullets. That's interesting. <laughs> what is going to happen here? Mm-hmm. I think a lot can be said. And that sort of encapsulates Pillman in general. He was so ahead of his time that his entire character was sense of urgency. Yeah, totally. Totally. It totally was. And, uh, you know, the, the end game for him was to, to essentially start a, a negotiating war between WWF and WCW and, and, uh, you know, go with essentially the highest bidder. Although, I guess, according to Belser, he preferred to stay with WCW because they utilized smaller wrestlers at the mm-hmm. time better than yeah. WWF did. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and and then the accident happened. And uh, after that, uh, we went through it. Uh, they plates at his face, uh, surgically repaired ankle. Um, after that, he got two offers, WCWs. Uh, there was a, a renegotiation period every three months, whereas WWF was a three-year deal, less money but guaranteed. Mm-hmm, yeah. So he went with the sure thing because he, uh, as as it was told in this episode, he figured at some point WCW would find out mm-hmm. he's not what he what used to be physically, yeah. and and then you know terminate the contract. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I wonder. It's interesting because had he stayed with WCW, um. 
I mean, if he hadn't gotten to, I mean, I, I do, you know, one name that I look at that does sort of, if, if he had stayed clean is Jericho, you know, smaller wrestler, great in the ring, great talker, talker. really good, talker, always reinventing yeah. himself. It, Jericho's always been ahead of his time, always been ahead of his time. Great thinker about the business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he's sitting there at the post office and he sees a countdown to the millennium and he's like, oh, I can use that's that a character. I love I that kind of stuff when wrestlers are always yeah. like, yeah, I was out and about. And then I came up with an idea for like this million dollar gimmick because he sees, yeah. you know, a clock on the wall. Yeah, he's um, in the post office. Yeah. Or the most Stone- mundane experience. In yeah, his exactly. Spawns, like, yeah. Or Stone Cold has some tea and his wife says, you know, hey, better bring, drink that. It's going to get Stone Cold. Oh, damn. Oh, that's my name. It ain't yeah. no chili McFreeze. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one interesting thing is is the stories about wrestlers who thought like Pillman kayfaved a bunch of stuff like the wreck yeah. they thought that there, there was rumors going around that he was he was going to get plastic surgery that look was like Shawn michaels my favorite to do a, yeah to do an evil do a, a, a program between the two of them and he would be evil Shawn michaels i had never heard that and it was amazing mm-hmm. and and then like late a, a couple moments after that they had like interview like interview audio like a radio interview or something. I like think that, it was like, like an America Online thing. Oh, and yeah. and he says, "Yeah, some of the people in America Online saying that you're going to do this." And I'm like, "God damn! I wish I was in America. I wish I was in those chat rooms back then. You know, thinking of these ideas. Oh, he's going to do an evil HBK twin. What is that? That's amazing. Something else. Yeah, that something was great. Else. That was great. Something else. And his response was like, no. Yeah, four plates in my face. I look like Brian Pillman. I still look exactly like Brian Pillman. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, and then of course, oh, the worst, the worst. The interview with Pillman's wife after that—that's got to be literally the worst moment in the history of Raw. Yeah. I, I cannot think of a worse on television moment than interviewing a grieving widow lying to her about what you're going to ask her about and then asking her now as a single mom and a widow, how are you going to support your kids and why she didn't say motherfucker, why don't you send me some money? Because this is basically your fault, you know, and you can debate whether or not the, the, you know, Vince has any fault, you know, but why I really wish, you know, you're sitting there, and it's like, because of what she had done to the kids, I got no love for that Melanie lady. But still, to go through that and for her not to say, you're just hoping she's going to say, fuck you, dude. Because this is, like, you're going to bring me on here and ask me, I don't know, why don't you take care of his family? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you honor his contract and give me whatever you were going to give him? Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's like the mm-hmm. decent thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm on TV right now with you. And who knows what she got paid for that? Yeah, who knows? Who I don't knows? know, man. I don't know. Who knows? That, yeah, that's, that, that, that's infuriating. That's that a is. fucking that's, low moment. I know. I know. It is. It's, as you said, probably the lowest moment in, in, in Raw's history. And it was nice to see Cornette and Jim Ross. And it's, it's shocking that nobody got in Vince's ear. I mean, I don't know. You, you know, they didn't, they didn't say it. I, I was kind of surprised about that, that nobody said... You know, it's Jim Ross. What does he fucking care anymore? He's an AEW. What does Jim Cornette care anymore? Like, yeah. I mean, they both said this is terrible and they shouldn't have done it. But well, Cornette, Cornette said no one ran, ran this by me. Yeah. 
Right. You know, so it seemed like he was he was unaware that it was happening. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm curious who there besides Vince was okay with this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um because that was just that was awful. That was awful. Oh, is there substance abuse issues there? Fuck you. Boy. After telling her that they, that would not be the line of questioning. That was that was like God damn that that just because I had seen that before I I I actually became aware of that relatively recently like in the last couple of years oh yeah um because I I had not known about that particular interview and uh, and I was like wait really that happened I forget when I found out about it and so uh, when I was glad they talked about it in this because it's like it's one of the things that is just like what the hell is wrong with Vince why is that why was that ever thought to be a good idea I know I know. Like the literally the worst possible questions you could ask. Oh, that was heart wrenching. It was awful. It was awful. Awful. Um, towards the end, there's this there's this pretty cool story uh, where uh, Brian Jr. talks about and Stone Cold talks about. Uh, so Stone Cold was I guess was going through some stuff and found one of uh, Brian Pillman Senior's uh, weightlifting belts. Mm-hmm, yeah, and so uh, Pillman Brian Jr. says I got a I got a phone call from. From uh, Stone Cold, mm-hmm. and he says, "Hey, I got one of your dad's weightlifting belts. Want me to send it to you?" Mm-hmm. And then Brian Jr. says, "If that's not, I'm paraphrasing. If that's not the universe telling me something, I don't know what is." And that seemed to have sparked his journey into the pro wrestling world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and man, he's got the. You know, obviously Pillman Jr. has got the look. He's got he's got everything. Um, so you know, seemingly the sky would be the limit for his for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a nice, it was a really nice, you know, the stuff with that and with their aunt was just a really nice capper to the episode, you know, that they were able to find some, some peace, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it, this could have easily without her, this could have been like, you know, even tragedy upon tragedy upon tragedy. These kids could have gone down such a bad path and, and ended mm-hmm. up on the wrong side as well. I mean, my heart broke so much when Pillman was talking and Pillman Jr. was talking about his stepdad. Oh. How, you know, he's like, yeah, I got a GameCube. And then he even busted that. He even threw that. And I was like, mm. God, man. Yeah, that's just uh, that's that's heartbreaking stuff. But, you know, it to see really to see that there was light at the end of that particular tunnel, yeah. you know, was yep. uh, was was pretty great. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, anything else to add? Any other notes that you can think of? Rawgate HBK really took the top to the, the cake for me. That was great. Yeah. Evil HBK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rawgate HBK. <laughs> Some weird other HBK comes through. And, and apparently people bought into that. And it's like, it's just Pillman. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Pillman. Get, he's not getting plastic surgery. Look like anybody other than I look a hundred percent like Brian Pillman. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's gonna do it. Next week, I think is a Collision in Korea. No, it's Nick Gage next week. Oh, is Nick Gage next week? Okay, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Why did this thing say? Hold on a second. Uh, what is this? So they're in a commercial. I thought for the Nick Gage episode. I saw that commercial. According, so I got, I got, I, by the way, full disclosure, uh, I'm on the Sportster because they have like a very brief recap. I didn't take any notes. Um, but uh, th- according to this, as Dark Side returns next week for an episode about Collision in Korea. So it's either going to, it's going to be one or the other. I don't know. All right. I wonder if right. Wiki- Wikipedia sometimes has. Uh, Wikipedia says next one's Nick Gage. Okay. All right. Cool. Right on. And then the one after that is Collision. In Korea. Ah, well, there you go. Okay, cool. 
Excellent. Well, that should be a fun one next week. Uh, anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Let us know what you guys thought of Dark Side of the Ring Pillman's one and two in the comments below. Give it a thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.